Paradigm Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Pat the designer, John Yurkovich in the building. The good kid is here, and we got a lot to talk about. I need the mind of the defensive lineman because scheme wow. fit is the theme wow. of today's show. Let's do the first thing. Where's 99 at? <laughs> and where's 52 at? Right? <laughs> Both of you guys, you can go beat the third, third, uh, you know, third string uh, tackles all you want. It yeah. doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. All right. Ultimately, they know what kind of players they were when they were going up against the ones, and they weren't just good enough. And that's the that's just the way it works. Now, they might tag and, and you know get with somebody. Good for them guys. If ninety nine finds a home, I believe I he just just signed on with the Titans. I right, with the Titans, yeah. and if fifty two finds a home, good for him. He can go find a home too. I'm not against these guys having a job in the uh, in, in the NFL. I'm just telling you they weren't really good enough to be every down players in the NFL. Could they go in and substitute and give you 10 plays a game? Yeah. Maybe. But I always think that you want to build your team, even when you, you're youthful guys, you want to build those guys where eventually they become they become starters. That's where I want to start yeah. at. You want to become starters. That's what you look at. I got young guys that can become starters. So that's that's how you want to build. That's where we're going to start. Let's jump into this thing. This podcast brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. You can see Gypsy Kings featuring Nicholas Reyes on September 29th at Hard Rock Live. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. I'm glad you started there, Yerk, because... No, I just want to point out 99 and 50. They're, they're not gone. here, right? They're not yes, here. They're gone. But the conversation was scheme fit. When you looked at a guy like Travis Gibson and what he brought, right? Listen, as the third or fourth defensive end on this team, I'm not losing my mind if we if we keep him around. I thought he was he was better than what he was given the opportunity to play because Dominique Robinson's given me nothing in over a year. Second and a half versus Trent Williams. So he got a second and a half last season. Is scheme fit? believable where yes he had seven sacks and a three four but at the end of the day his job is still well, hand in the dirt get to well, the quarterback your guy uh here's your perfect example with travis gibson i'm speaking right now yeah. you're talking about 99 yeah, here's 99. your perfect ex- example with scheme fit right they went and got the kid from florida mm-hmm. in, a, in a scheme that he's not comfortable playing in because he was trained in college to play a specific scheme mm-hmm so uh, uh, scheme fit i mean theoretically he wouldn't fit in our scheme unless you can project Unless you can look at the player and say, okay, he's been playing out of position. Yeah. They're asking him to do something that he's not accustomed to doing it. He was still a pretty darn good player, but he's not playing to his strengths. Mm-hmm. So they saw the body and they said, hey, let's get the kid playing to his strengths and let's get him and let's develop him. And that's what they're going to try to do with uh, 98. And the 96 Pickens is more of a natural defensive tackle and attacking guy. That's why he's a little bit ahead of that guy. Right. But that's why you still need your two starters there that are in front of them, Jones and Billings. Is that his name? Yep, Billings? yep. Andrew Billings. That, that's why those Big guys boy. are there is because they're already NFL-ready guys that have had experience, that have been through it, that understand it, and then those guys get to now watch these guys and then get to participate also. I ended up watching a game that I played in uh, last week, and it was us against San Francisco um back in 1995 in the playoffs and then you, you know you saw the guys at the end of the season that were making impacts it was a young Doug Evans it was a young Craig Newsom it was a young Darius Holland in the middle it was a young Gabe Wilkins it was Gilbert Brown in his second year all young guys coming up Antonio Freeman in mm-hmm. his rookie year just all young guys in their first second third years 
that now start let uh, some of what they'd got. Uh, Lenny McGill, number 22, and he only played in the league four or five years, but he was in charge of covering J.J. Stokes that game. So, you know, these young kids that you have here are going to be guys that are counted upon. I think we played seven defensive linemen that day. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco ended up losing Harris Barton and ended up losing Steve Wallace and had to bounce their offensive line around and bring, bring substitutes in because out of necessity. So when you look at your roster and what you have as far as scheme, when you bring guys in, you want those guys to eventually become starters. That's why when they uh, they drafted Garrett Wolf, they drafted Tariq Cohen. I never understand. I don't. I don't. I don't draft gadget players. If I don't project <laughs> Velas Jones as being a legitimate starter, well, we just you know you. a number one wide receiver, then that's not what I'm doing. I'm not drafting a Velas Jones. Yeah. I'm not bringing him on board. Yeah. Uh, the only specialist that you bring on board as a free agent is a guy that can kick the ball. A guy that can punt the ball, and maybe a guy that can long snap the ball, even though my roster would never have a guy that just long snaps. He would have to be my third tight end. He, I would have to find a tight end that can snap the ball that could also be my third tight end, have a skill to be able to do that, or would be an offensive lineman or a linebacker yeah. that could play a linebacker position and can be a long snapper. Um, and that's got nothing to do with David Bin and, uh, you know, the great guy that we had here in Chicago for such a long time, Pat Manley. Pat Manley. All these guys. It has nothing to do against them. I'm just talking about I can then keep an extra defensive back, maybe an extra linebacker, maybe an extra, you know, other position where it, it allows me more flexibility on who I can keep and who I can't keep. So that's the way I look at it as far as if I was a GM, what I'd be trying to do. Do you think with the pickup yesterday of Trent Taylor uh, that the Bears finalized today, he is he is on the active roster, this is a signal that, hey, guess what, boys? Uh, we might have messed up on the Valus Jones pick. Uh, we got to start making some preparations here so that we're set at the kick return, punt return position with veterans so that we can kind of move him along by by probably season's end, I would think. Uh, yeah, I I think they want to give him um, they want to give him as many chances as they can before they're proven wrong with Valus Jones Jr. I think ultimately that's what they decided. But on day one, we want to hit the ground running. I think it's the same thing with Yannick when they got Yannick here. We're okay on the edge, but we're not phenomenal on the edge. So right. let's bring somebody in that's phenomenal. And pressure, consistent pressure is important. Sacks are a byproduct of pressure. So you want somebody to come in here and give you consistent pressure, and then the sacks will come. Maybe not necessarily by Yannick. Quarterback steps up in the pocket. Yannick can't get a hold of him, but somebody else ends up with a sack. He reaches so, over, right. it's, so it's the pressure that yeah. you're looking for. Um, yeah, and, you know, again, they're going to give Valus as much opportunity they can. Remember, they got the young kid from Cincinnati, too. You got Tyler Scott. Right. I mean, you, you got him, Travis Homer from off. Seattle. You like, know, literally. we had Corey Harris returning <laughs> kickoffs. We had Robert Brooks returning kickoffs. The more important of a role you got on the team, the less uh, important it was for you to be on special teams. Yeah. And so once Robert Brooks became a stud receiver, there was less of an opportunity for him to go back and field punts and field kickoff returns. He returned for kick, uh, touchdowns. Antonio Freeman was back there, had a big return against Pittsburgh one year. So that's the way it works. I mean, I'm not getting a punt return guy just simply to be a punt return guy. Yeah. He's got to have more versatility than that. And you've got guys, Tim Brown returned punts, for heaven's sake. You know? Yeah. Hall of Famer, Tim Brown. Why? Because he was good at it. That's what he Deion did. Deion Sanders. He did it. <laughs> right, Deion. They put him back there. My, my favorite my favorite Deion story, as he said, uh, I, I forget the young man's name. He runs past him. Mm -hmm. as, as Deion's standing on the sideline, he returns the kickoff, scores a touchdown, first touchdown of the kid's career. 
And and Dion said, oh, no, you're not going to show me up at this point. He's not doing punts. He's not doing kickoffs. He's doing just being a DB and living life. Not said, playing said, offense. Said he goes to, said he goes to the, the coach, says, I'm in on the next kick return. <laughs> runs the next one back, you know what I mean? I love, I, I love that. They're just yeah. like, well, he always had a competitive. Just you, you're not going, you're not going to run it back yeah. in my house and high step in here. I love that. So I and and the team is the way the team is now. And guess what? They're going to have 10, 12 guys get hurt over the course of the year, and you're going to have to go ahead and have substitutes for. You're going to add guys. It's in. the way it works. It's an ever changing. It's roster. the way it works. I mean, I, there were some guys. There was a guy that I watched that game, Coleman, number forty five, a corner that had to step in because one of the guys got banged up. I don't even remember him. Yeah. I don't remember the guy being on the team, but there yeah. he was, number 45, <laughs> in coverage. So, I mean, that's the way it's going to work over the course of the year. So, it'll be interesting. And he's wearing the same number as some dude on offense. Like, wait, how, yeah. how are, you, how are uh, you guys both here? Can't, <laughs> can't double number in a game. Yeah. You can do it in preseason. You just can't do it in the regular season. Uh, we did get some, uh, I, I guess, I, not really interesting. We knew Tevin Jenkins was going to go to IR. We got that confirmation today. Doug Kramer. Also going to IR as well, though, Yerk, you're basically going into this season with Lucas Patrick at center, who was banged up all of last season, wasn't able to play center. Backup center? Back, your, your backup. No, right, he's, he's your probably backup. your starter now, I would think, right? Well, isn't... Uh, Cody's no, got the club on the hand. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, I think they still... They said Tevin Jenkins will be the only player not available in week one. Right. So, but Cody's playing left guard right now. Oh, they've got they've got guard. him at left guard with the club on his hand. Okay, because Tevin doing, Jenkins was because Tevin guard. Jenkins was our you. left guard. Right. So now Lucas, I believe, is moving into our starter, and basically what about our new guy, Dan Feeney. That's what I was going to yeah, say. What about our new guy? And then Borum is a swing tackle. Borum's your swing, probably. Okay, well that's what you go with. I mean, usually you only go with seven offensive linemen healthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as an active roster guys on game day. Yeah, one of those guys or two of those guys is always sitting on the sidelines. Um, eight. You know, eight usually, including your swing tackle, somebody can snap the ball in case somebody gets hurt. But usually you have a guy on the field that can snap the ball also. So, yeah, I, I've got no problem with the offensive line the way it is. You made improvements left and right. And when you didn't think you made improvements, you went and made a trade yeah. because of injury. It's fine. They are where they are. You improved the wide receiver position. You told your tight end he was something special, and you gave him a contract extension. So let's see him be special on the field this year. Is there a – <laughs> Are you more comfortable with the situation because the wide receivers are better this year where I'm just, more, Justin can move I'm, around I'm and still more, get the ball I'm out? I'm more comfortable with the fact that your number one wide receiver is who your number one wide receiver is. Yeah. That's what I'm comfortable with. Um, uh, hopefully comfortable with a with full offseason, with half a training camp, that Chase Claypool is going to be a better player. Right. Um, I'm hoping that a properly motivated uh, Mooney – uh, understanding that he's got to play his ass off if he wants to go ahead and get himself a contract extension of any ilk, um, will be one of those guys that will be flying around on Sundays. Yeah, I can get guys being despondent during the regular season and not, I mean, the preseason and not liking exhibition and not liking training camp, even though it's the softest training camp in the history of training camp. <laughs> But it's still tied. As said by Mercedes yeah, Lewis as well, right, who's you know, played in, right, who's played in the old end. And right. <laughs> So I mean, you know, six weeks. It's it's six weeks of time that you think you could probably spend better doing something else. Yeah. Um, rather than the half ass effort trying to get prepared for things. Now these guys are all in great shape. Players now in the NFL are usually in great shape. They're not using they training camp to get into shape. Pro, right. Training camp is no longer used to get into shape. Everybody's in shape coming in. So I'm sure, and I was a player, I hated training camp. Once I made the team yeah. in ninety three, I hated training camp. Couldn't wait for it to be over. So I'm not surprised if a lot of these guys hate training camp. But 
the time to make things happen is going to be Sunday. The time to make things happen is September 10th. That's when you got to start balling out. And um, it's, you know, I heard some guys talking about a must-win game. The NFC North is up for grabs. Yes. It's wide open. The dominant quarterback in the league is gone. They got an aged, crusty, overpaid quarterback in Minnesota. They got a young kid in Green Bay that nobody knows what the hell is going on. Detroit is probably the best team on paper um, with a quarterback that would be tied for second as the best quarterback in the league. And then Chicago is the team with a chip on their shoulder with everything to prove. They've got to prove it to everybody because there's a ton of skeptics out yeah. there. I don't mind where Chicago's at. But game one needs to be we are going to put the flag in the center of the field and we are staking our claim to the NFC North. That's what that is. It's not a must-win game. What it is, though, is a statement game. Yes. You've got to make a statement in that game. Does how they approached preseason mean you have to come out and show dominance in that game, though? For me, when it, because it was a Justin doesn't have to do with 13 snaps, whatever. Find right? a way to win. Yeah, that's what you've got to do in that game. Find a way to win, whether you do it defensively, whether Justin's doing it with his arm or whether he's doing it with his legs, whether it's DJ Moore busting screen plays for 60 plus yards. I don't care how it's done. It just needs to be done. And then they use that confidence from that victory to build into hopefully another victory. And then, quite frankly, protect the women and the children when you go to Kansas City. Kansas City. That's it. Just protect the women and the children. Make sure nobody gets hurt. You're going to come home probably two and one with a loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's okay. You live the fight another day. I feel about better sending my quarterback down there with no Chris Jones in sight, though. I will say that. Let's hope he stays out. I'd hate to see him sign the week before, you know? But, you know, and he's working out down in Miami. He he belongs to a club down there where he works out. Um, So I'm sure he's in a semblance of shape, but there's being in shape and there's being in football shape. Two different types of shapes. Let me ask you this. You talked about being in shape and being in football shape. A uh, we, we heard yesterday from Ryan Poles that uh, not only was there some injury issues, things that went on with Nate Davis, but other things as well. Didn't get into specifics on the other things, but uh, what's going on with Nate Davis? Oh, Is I, he in any kind of anything they, they to go out to, there? They don't have to share <laughs> anything with us. Yeah, and they don't. Now, in two weeks, I think they can get him in some sort of shape to be able to physically handle the 70 plays that he's going to get. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to get. He's going to get 70 plays. Yeah. Now, usually you build that muscular conditioning and, and you lose your legs and you do everything during training camp. I really don't know what he's done or hasn't done in training yeah. camp. Haven't it, seen him much right. out there. So if he's going to do anything, it so would you don't be know. with a trainer or something you, like you, that. You yeah. don't know. So um, no, hopefully... He's a productive player. He spent a lot of money. You keyed him as your key offensive line acquisition uh, via free agency. You got another one in the draft. So, yeah, I, w- I would uh, I would hope he can come out and respond and play well. He is a seasoned veteran. Yeah. I expect a seasoned veteran performance. I don't know if any – listen, I, I I keep saying, I don't know if any of the rumors are true about him. They say People say you don't, he doesn't like practice. That was a knock on him coming out of Tennessee. I hated practice. I, it, you, you just got to go out there and it's produce. It's natural. If you've yeah. got to do something that you, you don't always love, well, you, you, if you can get away out, if you can find a way out of it, you get the hell out of it. <laughs> I got an ankle. <laughs> I, mean, I tried to get out of it all the day. I'd go into the trainer's room and say, give me a joker day, man. I'd fire a joker out of a, a, a card deck, and i said, oh, I need one, man. I'm hurting. Give me a joker day. Give me a day off. Yeah. Never got one. 
They always talked me into practicing, getting out there, and take a couple Advil, get out there, take some Supec, put some Flexol 454 on the knees, get them warmed up. So I think that's where the only concern that I have is that the principles that we're setting in place is hustle, play harder, right? The whole hits hits, principle theme, right? Which would lead you to believe that, hey, when you get a little dinged up, you're going to have to play through that because that's going to happen in a season. That's what's going to happen on the but field. But guys are more willing to do that when they're playing regular season games than they are in the preseason. Nobody yeah. wants to play hurt or banged up in the in the preseason. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. I mean, some guys are willing to do that because that's the way some guys are, and other guys aren't. Yeah. Sean Jones was a, an intelligent football player, an intelligent off the field, got a degree from Northeastern University, smart. And um, during games, he's willing to play through anything. During practice, if a fly landed on him, <laughs> he was ready to get out of practice. He didn't tie his shoes sometimes during practices. So he right? could trip? <laughs> right. But Sean Jones had a lot of sacks in this league, and Sean Jones was a great defensive man. Yeah. You, you wouldn't catch him in the weight room. He couldn't do 225 10 times. When I had him in Green Bay, he couldn't bench 225. But once he got his arms extended on you, they were locked. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> if he got his arms extended on you and he had enough wiggle and jiggle coming from the defensive end position yeah. to be a problem for most offensive linemen. And well, opposite of Reggie White, he was, you know, he's pretty damn good. I, I guess, right, if if you can come to an understanding with the guy, it's fine. Like, if that's why they got rid of him in Tennessee – but he still was a really good right guard well, in Tennessee. I can live with that. The dilemma is at Tennessee, they had him as a young man coming up through that certain period of time. Right. Now the decision is we know what he's like. Do we want to pay him? Yeah. Is the juice worth the squeeze for us? Yeah. And they probably even consider it. Do we want to overpay him to keep him? Right. Okay. Because they knew people. So come in somebody that's desperate might be willing to overpay him, and then they get to find out what the Nate Davis experience is all about. Yeah. 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 Like the Jimi Hendrix experience. We, we were desperate. Not for everybody, <laughs> but certainly quality there. <laughs> Do you want to break down the Jimi Hendrix experience? Oh, no. <laughs> Hendrix. You ain't Can't got go a, you, you, all along the watchtower. Can't go wrong. He with took Jimmy it from Hendrix. Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan said, it's yours. That's how great that is. It's yours. I love it. Let's finish it out with this, Yerk. We got uh, news here in the division. Uh-oh. TJ Hawkinson getting $17 million a year. Is that five years, 85? Or how many years we got? Let me pull up. Uh, is it six years, 102? It is not. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, oh, hold on. I had Adam Schefter right there. Is it 7119? I'm, I'm impressed by the math. Rick. Oh, uh, that's the only thing here. I got. Math uh, is what Compensation I have. is going to be four years, 68 and a half okay. million contract extension. Adam Schefter saying this resets the tight end market. The 17.12 million How about annual. That? And forty-two million guaranteed. How about highest that? for a tight end in NFL? What history. do you think Austin Eckler and 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 Dalvin Cook and the rest <laughs> of those guys are saying? They paid. They didn't pay Dalvin Cook, but they paid T.J. Hawkinson. Ah, huh? what do you think those guys are saying? Are they having a meeting? Is Austin Eckler calling a meeting of the running backs, going, uh, you know, sending out the bat signal? But it's a it's a picture of Jim Brown or Walter Payton. <laughs> Flying over into the end zone. He's got the bad signal in the sky tonight. Um, meeting it's, all it's running reach. backs it's around. Yeah, all running backs around the league. Time to meet tonight. We are going to break down the TJ Hawkinson contract and why we can't get a fraction of it. So, I, yeah, I find it the somewhat. Yeah, the running today. backs are going crazy around the world. They didn't do anything today. Yeah. They just took a shot. They just took a shot for no reason. But it's a reason. 
They see the contract. They're going to themselves, what in the hell in a hog's ass is going on around here? We can't get $8 million a year, and this guy's getting $17 million a year. <laughs> Maybe rightfully so. Who knows? But I, I, I don't know. Like Hawk, Blame Eddie George. That's my thing. Eddie George? Blame Eddie George. Eddie George is the problem. Why? What did Eddie George do? The minute they gave him 350 carries four years in a row, and they got to that certain number, like 1,500 rushes, 1,500 touches, that's the life expectancy of a running back now. It's like tires. Once you use them for 100,000 miles, you got to get a new set of tires. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to be that callous and talk about them like they're just car parts or anything like that. But when you're building a team, when you're it's like building an automobile, you got to have the engine, which I call the offensive line. Okay. You know, the tires are probably the tires. Sometimes that's the only parts of the uh, the car that touched the road. Defensive line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your central computer system, I'd say, would be your head coach and your quarterback. Okay. You like that? You like how I'm working that? You like how I'm working that? I'm not following Defensive you Defensive backs are like your seat restraint system and your safety oh, system little, in the car. Uh, you like little that? Seat belts. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with the uh, uh, linebackers is like your uh, shock absorbers. And, okay. All right. And your powertrain and stuff like that. The um, uh, tight ends, your transmission. $17 million trans. Yeah. $17 million trans. Drop a transmission in a clutch. See how much fun you're going to have. Not much. I don't know. I've seen teams without tight ends do all right. (laughs) They'll find a way. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen a lot of cars without transmissions. Andy Andy Reid will tell you, though. Andy Reid will tell you the tight end is the most important player to the the quarterback on your team because he's the closest player to your quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's and that's why he's most player. important. And he's the closest player that's past the line of scrimmage. Some might say the running back's a little bit closer if he goes up on a little flare. But the one that's closest to the quarterback in positive yardage is usually your tight end. That's what I, I – I give Ryan Poles credit. And like you were saying, right, like TJ Hawkinson, much better career than what Cole Komet has had. But Cole Komet's at $12.5 million. He's got more touchdowns last season, less targets – Similar completion percentage, though, and 519 yards. TJ Hawkinson basically had 500 yards with the Vikings alone last season, but three touchdowns. I'm going to give Ryan Poles uh, credit when these two defensive tackles hit. I'm going to give Ryan Poles credit when he turns over this defensive backfield. Um, And they're one of the more youthful defensive backfields and more productive because they're all defensive lines getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. I'm not a fan of paying linebackers. Sorry, right? Linebackers to me are like running backs. Put a great defensive line in front of them the way Dallas did. They're interchangeable parts down in Dallas. Ken Norton wanted to get paid. They say go to San Francisco. Yeah. We don't need you. Somebody else wanted to get paid. They said get out. Then they put Freddie Strickland in. He came from us. Freddie was down there playing. You know, uh, you find a way out of Purdue. Good player. Solid player, but they weren't going to pay him $7 million a year to play linebacker. They paid him $1.1 million to play linebacker. And I'll tell you what, the last thing I'm ever worried about, there's two positions. Whenever we get rid of these positions, there's an outrage immediately, and I always go, what are you worried about? This logo right here is built on finding linebackers and defensive linemen. The Bears know how to find them. I'm never we lost Roquan Smith. People lost their minds. I wasn't a fan of the contract. Ryan Poles, how he threw it out there. Right. The de-escalators. I wasn't a fan of that. But at the end of the day, he wasn't going to let Roquan Smith reset the, the linebacker market yeah. in a defense that didn't right. fit his strength. But as a non he's a he, he was a um, 
and he, he would have been very successful in this. He'd have been so. he'd still been good. Yes. If you're a linebacker and you don't sack the quarterback, you're not getting paid. Yeah. As high as those that do get the quarterback. So if you're a non-pass rushing linebacker, you've got a certain market with a certain height. And then those that are outside linebackers that can get to the quarterback are valuable. If you can't get to the quarterback, you're not as valuable as those that get there. So. And, and he's, listen, Roquan's still going to be great in, yeah. in, in, with the Ravens, but guess what? We got Tremaine Edmonds six months later. Right, number zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, we, we can we find actually, linebackers. We actually got two linebackers for the price of what they wanted. Yeah, T.J. Edwards and uh, Tremaine Edmonds. So there you go. So I, I'm, I'm, I feel good about where this Bears defense is hopefully, heading. Hopefully, I like some of the moves. Are you a fan of the cut downs that we made? The waves that I've we got made. No on the problems team? with no anything issues that, that was happening at all. I'm worried about the health of this team, and I'm worried about the play of the quarterback. That's two concerns I have going into the first game. That's the biggest health, concern. Health and, and the play of the quarterback. That's it. All right. Let's and see. you need to know the keys in the quarterback for this year? Yeah. I've got him thrown for 3,400 yards this year. I got him rushing for 1,000 still. I got him thrown for about 28 and running for 10. So that's 38 combined touchdowns for your quarterback. Okay. The most important thing, though, is that he becomes a leader of this team, which I think he already is, but he solidifies that leadership role, and his players want to play for him. Yeah. Okay? If the players want to play for him and they believe in him, and that means he's taking steps, positive steps, in the uh, quarterbacking department. Let me tell you, the first guys that are going to give up on the quarterback are the receivers. If they can't get the football, they'll be the first ones bitching and moaning. Stephon Diggs. Yeah. They will. Stephon they don't get the quarterback. <laughs> and that's with Josh Allen, yeah. damn good quarterback. Yeah. If wide receivers don't get the football, if they don't get service, they will bitch, moan, and complain. It's what they do. Sterling Sharp explained it to all of us one day. He goes, it's the most selfish position on the football field. We need the football to be successful. We can't just get it handed to us. The coach can't say, hey, here's a play to the running back. The running back's going to get it. For a receiver, a lot of things have to happen right for the receiver to be able to do something. So – Watch your wide receivers the whole year and, and see what their relationship is to their quarterback. It's the most important relationship between wide receiver and quarterback. And if that maintains excellent relationship, and you heard the numbers I say, um, the, the amount of victories, I think, don't matter because if what I said comes true, this is going to easily be a nine-win football team. Yeah. So it's not – Justin Fields' success is not dependent upon victories or a number of victories. But it's dependent upon how he plays offensively, what his production looks like, his 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 um, his level with the team as far as leadership goes, and uh, his relationship with its wide receivers. I think that's the part a lot of people miss with Justin Fields and the quarterback development situation because we haven't had one here, right? That's actually developed right. into anything. Is that I don't need Justin Fields to be the best quarterback in the NFL. I'd love for it to happen. But I don't need him to be the best quarterback in the NFL. There were Aaron Rodgers was the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady won all the Super Bowls. You can build a team around a guy who is three, four, five. Heck, we've seen ten. Where would you rate Flacco uh, when he won his Super Bowl as, as quarterbacks oh, yeah, in the NFL? There. Well, Trent Dilfer too. You know what I mean? So you got Dilfer that was down there. You got Flacco that was just a guy that was kind of wildly productive in the playoffs. Yeah. And then when they had to pay him, they had to break up the team. Eli Manning was middle of the pack his whole career. He oh, won yeah. two Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. Literally middle of the pack. Oh, yeah. 
And so I just I I, I think that I call Eli Manning wonderfully mediocre. I, I think that wonderfully people have mediocre. To understand that if the wide receivers are willing to play for you, if your team is willing to rally around you, that's more important than being the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers has been unquestioned. Well, the best, the quarterback, best quarterback, the best quarterback of all time is Dan Marino. He didn't win a Super Bowl, and he only played one. Yeah, Dan Marino and Joe Montana came out and said it, and he said it said, said it so eloquently. He goes, he's a guy that passed 48 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in a 16-game season when uh, cornerbacks could basically sit and grasp, hold, and tackle your wide receivers, and they st- he still found a way to be wonderfully productive. At a time yeah. when people just weren't putting up those numbers. Nobody was putting up those numbers. Go look at his numbers and see how, how, how absurd his numbers are compared to the rest of the league. <laughs> They're absurd. Absolutely absurd. When Far threw for 35 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, those numbers were kind of absurd too. And he was easily the MVP of the league in 1995 because of what he did. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't even a problem. They, it, nobody, they weren't voting for anybody else. Now, they made it to the NFC Championship game that year, but he came back the next year. They won a Super Bowl. They went to a Super Bowl the year after that, but he won three straight NFL MVPs um, with 30-plus touchdown seasons yeah. and minimized uh, interceptions. Where's the? Did you say the interception threshold for Justin Fields? He had him 38 touchdowns I have on 38 the season? total touchdowns. 38, 38 total. Passing. So, hey, listen, if you go 28 and 12, okay. I think it's a vast improvement. 28 and 10 would be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then it's the kind of interception. Yeah. You know, is Are you doing- ball that goes off the receiver's hands, pops up into the air, right. goes in the other team. Well, that's not your fault. That's somebody else's fault. It goes on your record. So it's the kinds of interceptions. Are, that are you doing the Jameis Winston 30 for 30 season? Yeah. You know, I mean? <laughs> you, you don't want that. <laughs> there were and, some of those where it was like, oh, got but- Tom Brady. I said, listen, this offense is fantastic. Jameis Winston's going to be an answer to a <laughs> trivia question. Who in a 16 game season ran for, you know, through, through for 5,000 yards is James Winston. Yeah. In a 16 game season, you're going to have more guys doing it in a 17 game season. But in a 16 game season, he's going to be an answer to your trivia question with Drew Brees being the answer for who's thrown the most 5,000 yard seasons. Hey. I love it. Yurko's trivia. We'll bring that to the show one day. Hey, man, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love to another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Drop your thoughts in the comments below. We love hearing from you guys as well. As always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again for John Yurkovich. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Right on. Peace.